Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Bibles turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you were here last week, we kicked off this idea, relationship goals. How many of you were here last week? Let me see your hand. Okay, a lot of you were. Okay, some of you who weren't. We kind of kicked off this series thought talking about friendships, talking about the value of friendships, the need that all of us have for relationship and what it is that we contribute in doing life with others. We talked about loyalty. We talked about low maintenance. We talked about love. We talked about all of these ingredients that are so important. And uh, today, today's going to be maybe a little different, maybe uh, a little unique. I don't know if I've ever preached a specific message for singles, okay, for singles. How many single folk do we have in the house? Would you just lift up your hands? Come on. Yes, and keep your hand up just for a second. Now, singles, look around. Come on, baby, scoping and hoping, man. I'm just trying to help you out. There you go. Check them out, man. We got a lot of single people. Don't put your hand down yet. Come on now. They're like, come This is great. I'm so excited. I I thank God for you. I I pray that you feel valued today. Sometimes in a church context, and and we talk about families, and and we do marriage conferences, and and we do uh, things to help, you know, with parenting and children, and sometimes the mystery group, the forgotten group, is the single and the single again. And, uh, and so for, for, for us here at Healing Place, and I know God dropped this in my heart probably about three or four months ago, and I, I was waiting for the right opportunity, and I felt like that this relationship series would do, do well to add value and strength to those that are single. Now, I have to, you know, give some context to this. I think that I lack, you know, when it comes to this message as I was praying and preparing, I thought, you know, Lord, I've been married for almost 20 years 20 years. In July, Rachel and I will have two decades together. Yeah, and I'm married way up. Come on, talk to me. I'm married up. She married down. We balance each other out that way. Um, you know, so I, sometimes I, I, I lack because so much of my life has been in the, the, the marriage context. And I know sometimes I'm the world's worst. I can make things awkward for people. How many of you, that's a gift? Yeah, you just say things, and you don't even realize it, but you're making it awkward for individuals. Sometimes when I, I'll tell you, hey, turn to your neighbor and say. How many know that's awkward sometimes? Especially when you're single, and I say, turn to your neighbor and say, you're the best-looking thing I've seen all day. And then you get really strategic in where you sit in church, right? Come on. I remember, you know, when you're, when you're single and you go to the house of God, man, you're scoping and hoping, baby. And you, you gotta, you're placing yourself, hey, where, where am I going to sit next to in case the pastor says, reach over and take your neighbor by the hand. <laughs> you know, and when, my, when I see my daughter sitting next to, to boys in church, we don't do that hand-holding prayer anymore, man. We're just going to seek the Lord by ourselves. So I know that I lack some context, and so that's why I gathered with some of the singles in our church, and some that were on staff and some that weren't, and so we had a great discussion. I thought maybe a good way to kick off this topic today is to talk about dumb things that married people say to singles. 
awkward moments that married people create for singles. Okay, now for all of you married couples, this is educational for me because I go down this list, I'm like, oh man, guilty. I've said that, yeah, I've done that a lot. Um, uh, They they came up with a little list of, of what not to say. Here are things that, some dumb things married people say to singles. Number one, why are you still single? Don't you go to that big old church on Highland Road with all those single people over there? Surely. I mean, come on. Um, Don't say this. You're being too picky. You just lower the bar a little bit. It creates a lot more opportunities and options. Don't say that. Or don't say this. You know, I have a friend who was 35 when she got married. So there's hope for you, too. Um, Please don't say this. Loneliness is God's way of drawing you to himself. Come on, and all the single people said amen. amen. How many of you know God can draw you to himself and use something other than loneliness to do it? God, please don't use loneliness to draw me to you. Lord, I love you. I want to love somebody else too. Um, our married people, don't say this. You know, I wish I were still single. Come on now. Come on, talk to me. Somebody said single people are sad and married people are mad. Come on, I don't know. I wish I were still single. All the freedom that you have. Oh, man, you just don't know what you're asking for. (laughs) Please don't say this. You know, maybe there's sin that you need to deal with, and God is preventing you from bringing somebody else into your sin. (sighs) For the love of God. Don't say that, please. Or what about this? We say, you know, if you just stop thinking about it, then it's going to happen. It'll happen when you don't think about it. How many know if I were to tell you don't think about purple elephants flying with wings, what's in your mind right now? If you just don't think about it, it'll happen to you when you least expect it. I want to tell you what. Babies think about eating all the time. Children think about playing all the time. Adults think about love and relationship a lot of the time. Come on, can I have a good amen? So we've got to be careful. Just stop thinking about it. Then it's going to happen. Uh, or, or what about this? And here was one of, the, one of the top ones they said that singles hear all the time from marriage. They say this. Well, you get to be married to Jesus. Just think of Jesus as your husband. Um, I, I get that. I understand. How many of you know sometimes we have good intentions, but we don't always have good communications? You know, sometimes as married folks, we mean well, but we don't always come across well. And I I think this message is valuable for both singles. Today, we're going to encourage those that are single, and we're going to help those that are married. Because all of us, regardless of what season of life you find yourself in, there's always room to grow and become like Jesus. Can I have a good amen? Somebody told me the other day, said, Mike, well, if singleness is a gift, I sure hope it came with a receipt. Because I wonder, what's the return policy on this thing? Um, you know, one church had a, uh, a list of small groups, and they had a small group that was spares and pairs. 
They called them spares and pears. And I'm cringing. I'm like, oh, wait a second, please be careful. Be careful. And it's my heart as your pastor. You know, this, this spiritual family called Healing Place Church, I hope that this is an environment that values every generation, that values every individual, regardless of what stage or season of life they find themselves in. You know, and if you do some statistical research, I thought this was interesting. Did you know that of all 50 states, that Louisiana has the highest percentage of singleness in America? But you didn't know that. 55.7% of our state is single. I thought that was interesting. There are over 15 million families uh, with single moms and over 6 million families with single dads. Now, I know when we talk about singleness, there are different points of view, different frames of reference when it comes to being single. Some of you are single by chance. It's not necessarily what you want long term, but it's the season that you find yourself in now. Some of you are single by change. Maybe you once were married, but walked through a painful divorce, and now you find yourself single again. Or maybe you were married and you lost a spouse. Things changed in your dynamic, things that you hadn't anticipated. Single by chance, single by change. Some of you are single by choice. Some of you, are the, 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 the calling and the design that God has placed on you, you are single by choice, and you're happy to be single. Now, I want to split this message up into two parts, okay? And, and the first part, I feel like it's going to add value to us as a church. I want to talk about what singles want the church to know. What singles, because their voice and their values, it's important for all of us to talk about on a Sunday morning. Again, we do a a family series and we talk about how to strengthen your marriage. Today, I want to shift gears and really recognize those that are single. Here's what they want the church to know. I'm going to spend part of my time talking about that. And then I'm going to shift gears about midway through. And I want to spend the rest of my time talking to singles about what God wants you to know. Okay, so are you with me? Turn your neighbor and say, well, this is going to be good. Good. Come on, come on, single and ready to mingle. Here we go. Here we go. Here's what singles want the church to know. Here's what singles want the church to know. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, the Bible doesn't look down on singleness, and you shouldn't either. Can I have a good amen? See, sometimes we talk about those that are single or single again, and it's almost in a negative light. Or, I mean, there's some sort of deficit in your life. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7. He says this, But I wish that everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, hey, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. Here's the Apostle Paul. I call him the Colossal Apostle. God used this man in an amazing way, total transformation in his life. He goes from persecuting the church to being one of the the, the most powerful, influential Christian figures, not just of his day, but of all times. And guess what? The Bible says he wasn't married. He said, listen, I wish that you all were as I am. 
If you're not married, I wish that you'd stay just as I am now. Now, each person has a gift. He says, marriage, there's nothing wrong with being married. So today, I'm not bashing married couples. Don't leave here today saying that I'm degrading or devaluing the sanctity of marriage. Marriage was something that was instituted by God. It's a picture of the relationship that Jesus has with the church, okay? Marriage is extremely important. In fact, I think in our culture, in our country today, the sanctity of marriage is under attack. I'm not trying to devalue marriage, but what I am trying to do is this. I'm trying to elevate and place value on singleness, just like the scriptures do. Okay, Paul said this. He said, I wish you were single just like me. In other words, there's nothing wrong with you if you're single. There's not anything wrong with you. Sometimes as, as a church or as married couples, we'll make an assumption on an individual who's single. Sometimes we look at someone in their singleness and we think, oh, you poor pitiful person. Oh, poor baby, come here. Or we'll say, man, maybe something's... Something's not right here. Something inside of you is broken. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix it, okay? How many know married couples, we try to play Cupid in the life of a single person all the time? Hey, well, listen, well, how old are you? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I got a cousin. So we assume that there's some deficit in the life of a single person, and we assume that they want our help to fix this deficit, now, 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 singles, am I helping you today? I'm trying to call off some of the, 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 the marriage experts because here's the truth. The truth is this. Not every person that's married is happy. And not every person that's single is sad. Mm, come on. Can I have a better amen today? Why do we put these assumptions? Okay, if you're single, then you must be lonely and you've got to really be desperate. And here I come to save the day. Don't assume things. Don't assume. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, one of my favorite emails that I've ever received was last week from a lady. She was actually, she watches, she's from Zurich, Switzerland. Okay, here's to show you the power of Internet and 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 uh, and technology. But so she sends me an email and says that since 2011, she's battled chronic illness. And so she Googled the word healing. And guess what came up? Isn't that cool? So she battling sickness in her body. She Googles healing. She finds Healing Place Church. So she said, I, I begin to listen, I, I listen to the podcast. And you could tell that God was using the word and the ministry from our podcast here to really encourage her and strengthen her. Man, she just started feeling, man, life being stirred up inside of her and, man, the purposes of God. And so, man, she just got hooked, kept listening to all these podcasts and went back and listened to old podcasts. And so she just started praying a blessing. She said, I started praying for that pastor. Oh, Lord, bless that black man. Bless that black black man and his family and that church there. I guess it's in Louisiana. Lord, give him a long life so that man can preach and bless so many people. Then she said, I Googled your name. And you're not black. <laughs> For real. She said in this email, I had in my mind, you had, there's, there's this Will Smith looking kind of guy. And, and, uh, I've never been mistaken for Will Smith. You know? Denzel Washington, maybe, but not Will Smith. Isn't that great? You see, sometimes we'll observe a situation and we'll assume that it's one way when really it's not. 
And I think what single people want the church to know is, listen, don't assume that I'm sad. Don't assume that I'm desperate. Please don't assume that I'm less than or there's some deficit in my life. You don't have to fix me. That's a good place to celebrate. How many of you know if there's something broken in our life that God's big enough to address that? Singleness is not a bad thing. Don't look down on singleness. The Bible doesn't. And in fact, I heard recently the story of an older lady. She had never been married, and she was making preparations for her memorial service. And so she told her friends, she gave them some specific instructions. She said, when I die, my one request is no male pallbearers. I don't want any male pallbearers. So they thought that was kind of strange. Say, well, listen, we'll honor that, but we don't understand it. She said, listen, they didn't take me out when I was alive, so I don't want them taking me out when I'm dead. Come on. (laughs) Ah, I love it. Can I tell you this? You are not incomplete or less of a person if you're single. And we want you to know that as a church, you add tremendous value and strength to what God is doing here. You don't have to be married and have 2.5 kids to be able to fit into what God is doing at Healing Place. I just feel like that the heart of God should be reflected in his church. And the church should be large enough to embrace people who are at every different season and stage of life. Are you with me? Don't look down on singles. The Bible doesn't. I think the second thing that they would tell us is this. Number two, they'd say, include and invest in me. Include and invest in me. Invest in me as a person. Don't just size me up based on my relational context. Can I tell you, an individual's spirit is far more valuable than their relationship status. Don't make a... a, a, Uh, don't, how can I say this? Don't make certain judgment on an individual based on their relational context because they're a spirit. You know, whether they're married, whether they're single, whether they're single again, or whether it's just complicated. You know, whatever that means. Include an individual regardless of of, of whether they're they're in a marriage relationship or maybe they're walking through a difficult bout of of singleness or loneliness. Who knows? But add value to them as an individual. They, They told us in this group, you know, you don't always have to bring up the issue that I'm single. I'm a person. I've got needs, I've got hopes, I've got dreams, I've got ambitions. There are things that are important to me. And it, it, sometimes it has nothing to do with the relational context. Do life with me, they said. Include me. Even if it's a group of married couples going to do something, extend the invitation. Extend. Let me decide whether or not. Sometimes as married couples, we'll say, we won't invite a single person because we don't want them to feel like the third wheel. Well, I don't want to make it awkward for you, so I'm not even going to include you. And by default, what happens is we isolate the single individual. Well, I didn't want to make it weird. I didn't want to. A group of us were going to eat lunch, and hey, single people like to eat food. (laughs) In fact, one of the single guys in the group, he's on staff, he's like, listen, if you're single and you're a guy and you don't know how to cook, please invite us over for lunch a lot. Feed us. You know, last time I checked, married people like to eat and single people like to eat too. 
You know, if a group of, hey, we're barbecuing at my house, or hey, we're watching the game, or there's a group of us, and maybe, you know, the majority of them are married couples, invite a single person to do life with you. I think, you know, we forfeit an opportunity to minister to and mentor the single individual for fear of not wanting to make things awkward. The heart of the single person is, hey, include me, invest in me. Um, don't always feel pressure to set me up with somebody else. God's big enough to take care. And here's what I love about it, because many of you are here today and you've surrendered your singleness to the Lord. You said, okay, God, it's the season that I find myself in. Now, maybe you long for a marriage relationship. Can I tell you, it's not wrong for you to long to be married. It's not. Where do you think that desire came from? Some, you know, I think we've placed unnecessary guilt on a single individual and said, well, if you, know, if, if you long to be married, you must not think that God is enough. No, you do think God is enough. But you serve a relational God who created you. You're you're recognizing how God wired you and how he created you. It doesn't mean that you love God less or you trust God less or you don't feel like God is enough. God is enough. But the way that he's wired you, you want to share life and do life with somebody. Come on. Can I have a good amen? Amen. And I'm just so glad you come to church and you feel like, hey, here's a, here's a spiritual family I can be a part of. And Lord, if you bring somebody into my life, man, I pray that you bring them from, from this place right here. I tell my daughters all the time, if you're going to find the right person, you got to look in the right place. You don't have to go to a club to find out what God wants to give you. How many know it's not in that club? You're going to, hey, watch this. Woo, I felt the whole Legos right now. Uh, 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 uh. What's wrong with me? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here's what I was going to say. If you're going to find God's best, you need to look in God's house. If you want to find the best that God has for you. And I'm telling you this, God's not holding out on you, okay? He's not trying to punish you, all right? Some of you see in singleness as a punishment from God. No, it's not. It's your season. And it, it's, it's, it's where you are now. I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me go ahead and tell you what I feel God would have, have, to, uh, have to say to the singles among us. Two simple thoughts. The first one is this. Embrace what's now and trust God for what's next. Embrace what's now and trust God for what's next. Too many times we despise the now. We despise, we're always looking for what's next, what's next, what's next. And man, maybe he's over there. Maybe she's over there. And man, maybe if I go here, maybe if I sign up for this group and man, I just, oh, I got to hurry. I got to hurry up and find my man. The clock is ticking. And man, there's the, that, whoa, the last train is leaving the station. And if I don't grab a hold of him, then I'm going to be an old maid the rest of my life. Listen, don't buy into that. I'm tell you what, God wants to use you now. You don't have to wait to be married in order to be used by God. Can I tell you this? The Bible is filled with tons of single men and women who did significant things for the kingdom of God. John the Baptist was single. How many know he was powerful? He was probably single because, man, look at what he wore. Look at what he ate. That brother was different. (laughs) Locust and wild honey, camel skin. I don't know. Look how God used John the Baptist. Look how God used the apostle Paul. Look at Jesus. Jesus himself was never married. 
So don't feel like you've got to put your life on hold in order to be used by God. God wants to use you now. Now, sometimes the pressure is if you're single, okay, somebody trying to set you up with somebody. Oh, I got a friend. I got a cousin. I got a coworker. And, okay, so you're thinking, man, if I'm, if I'm single, I got to jump into a dating relationship. And then when you're dating, you get this question. Oh, so you think he's the one? What you think? What's going on? Talk to me, girlfriend. Talk to me. You know, oh, I see the way you look at each other. And so you, you're, you're dating, and everybody wants to know when you get married. And so there's a push to get married. And then when you get married, it's like, oh, come on, kids, kids, kids. Here we go, kids, kids. Do you see how you just long for what's next, and you miss the power of what's now? Singles, hear my heart. You are not less of a person. And you're not in some holding pattern. God has put you in singleness this day because obviously there's something he wants to teach you. There's something he wants to show you. There's something he wants to give you. But there's something you have to give. There's something you have to contribute. There's something you have to offer. And you don't have to wait for what's next. Embrace the power of now. Can I have a good amen? Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. And all the fellas said, amen. Amen. Come on, honeydews. Um, Verse 34, his interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who's no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'll tell you this. There's not a certain set of rules that are reserved. Okay, well, this is the single section of the Bible, and this is the married section of the Bible. I want you to know this, that all of the Bible works for your life. All of it does. There's not some special compartment or some exclusive section. No, no, no. The word works, and the word works in your heart right now. I think this is so important. You know what's interesting to me is when we get to heaven, the Bible says there there will be no marrying or giving in marriage. Marriage was what God set up here on earth. So be careful, be careful, be careful not to idolize marriage. Well, my life will make sense when I get married. Guess what? You'll get married and your life still ain't making no sense. Oh, man, you know, someday my prince will come when that prince charming comes into my life and I'm going to ride off into the sunset of eternal marital bliss. (laughs) Can I tell you, I blame Disney for a lot of this false expectation. (laughs) If love is blind, then marriage sure is an eye-opener. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. You know, don't idolize marriage and make it something that it's not. This is so important. You don't have to put your life on hold. You don't have to wait to be used by God. And let me just say this very quickly before I move on to this final thought. But if, if you're here this morning and maybe you've come out of a bad relationship, Maybe you've been hurt, you've been wounded. Things didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Just a small piece of advice from your pastor. Please, please, please give yourself time to heal. Give yourself time to heal. Don't jump into another relationship expecting this next relationship to be a band-aid to your previous relationship. Please, please, please hear my heart on this. 
God has healing and hope specifically for you. I want to tell you this. And if you'll be connected to him, he'll give you what you need from day to day. Okay? Uh, let, let, me, let, me give you this, uh, let me give you this scripture in Philippians 4.13. This is a great verse for marrieds and for singles. Paul said it this way. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you heard that verse before? Paul said, I can do what? I can do what? What can I do? How is it that I can do all things? Through Christ. Okay, now watch this. Don't miss it. This is good. This is huge. What does it mean I can do all things? Not some things or a few things or most things. I can do all things. You know what Paul's saying? You can do singleness. If you're single right now, you can do singleness well through Christ because he's giving you strength. If you're married, you can do married life well. How? Through Christ, because he's giving you strength. So whether you're celebrating or whether you're suffering, whether you have a little or whether you have a lot, good days or bad days, Paul said, it doesn't matter. I can do all things. Why? Because I'm doing it not in my own strength. I'm doing it through his strength. Because he, I can do all things through Jesus Christ because he's giving me the strength. For those of you that are single and you feel like you're struggling, I want you to know this. Jesus is your source and he'll give you the strength that you need to do singleness well. Now let me give you this final thought and I want to ask the band to come up. Don't just anticipate next and miss the power of what's now. But let me finish by telling you this. Number two, Jesus is the one the one. He is the one you are looking for. He's the one. He has to be the one. This idea of I've got to search the world over to find that one, the one who will complete me. I want to tell you what, that's not even in the Bible. It's not. You know where that idea came from? It was a pagan idea. The Greeks believed that when you were born, your soul was cut in two. And so at that point, that who you are and who you were meant to be with, they were separated and you had to spend your entire life trying to find the one who would complete your soul. Tell you what, that's not what the scripture says. I don't know what you're looking for, but you're going to find it in Jesus I don't know who you're looking for, but you'll, you'll never be satisfied with anything less than the love of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? The scripture says in Psalm 16, I love what David says. He says, for you, O Lord, will show me the path of life. For in your presence, there's fullness of joy. Notice he didn't say in marriage, there's fullness of joy. Didn't say that in singleness there's fullness of joy. The Bible says in your presence there is fullness of joy. The danger is this. We have an unrealistic expectation as singles. And even when we get married, we think that person is going to complete us. And there's, we, we walk into this relationship thinking, well, he's going to make me happy. She's going to make me happy. And what happens when those, uh, when those expectations aren't met, then couples struggle. And they don't really know that he's not the one. She's not the one. It's really Jesus. Your heart is never satisfied until it's completely satisfied in him. Can I have a better amen?
And, and I, I, I plead with you. I plead with you. I beg you. Because if, if you're saved and you're single and you're searching, praise God. Praise God for that. But make sure that you set your affection on Christ and Christ alone. And whoever he decides to bring into your life, they don't complete you. You're already complete. And when Rachel and I said I do on July 27th, 1996, when I gave my life to her, I didn't give her 50%. I gave her 100%. You know why? Because I was complete. You don't walk into a relationship giving somebody 50. Man, I, I gave her everything I had. And you know what? My heart was satisfied on Christ. I was complete in Jesus. She was complete in Jesus. And so now we're able to offer God's best to each other because God's in the middle of it. Jesus is the one. And th th this is good for married couples too. I'm telling you, this is not just about singles. But married couples, some of you are fighting and fussing and, and, and discussing and cussing and, and all this stuff. Well, wait a second now. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Jesus got to be at the center of it. Jesus. Jesus. Don't expect her to do something for you that only God can do. Don't expect him to do something that only God himself can do. Single people. Man, if Jesus is the center, I'm going to tell you this. If you're okay with God, you're okay. You know, I thought about Trevor. He's nine years old. We started playing baseball probably about six, six, seven years old. Started playing here in the little church league that we had. So he's playing t-ball. And, man, just so excited. And, man, sports is life for him. And so he got his uniform. And, you know, we'd play on Saturday mornings. And he'd go to bed Friday night. He'd be sleeping in his uniform. Got his jersey on. Got his hat on. The whole deal, man. He, he's going to bed. He can't wait to get up the next day. He's the first one up on Saturday. He's killing all of us. It's like 6.30. And he's just like, hey, hey it's, it's game day. Dad, it's game. Is it time to go to my game? I'm like, son, your game's not until 11. You know, but he's fired up about baseball. And so get out there, and man, just so eager to be there. Loves to playing on his team and, you know, what his number is and who his coach is and all this stuff. Daddy, we're undefeated. Well, son, we don't keep score. Hey, I'm keeping score. We're undefeated. And uh, so I, when he started playing, it's amazing because parents out there and coaches, everybody and all the celebration and all the yelling and screaming. Trevor, get up there, that little tee, and he'd hit that ball and run to first base and and he'd get on first base, and you know what he'd do? First thing he would do is he would look up, and he would try to find his dad. He wanted to know where dad was, and he'd make eye contact with me like, Dad, you saw what I did? You saw that hit right there? You saw, look, look, look. You notice how fast I run? Look, you see how far that ball went? Dad, what you think, Dad? And he's looking at me with those eyes, and he's looking for dad's approval, and so dad would look at him. I'd give him these thumbs up, and then he'd look at me, and he'd be like, See, listen, if you're good with God, you're good. If you're good with your Father, then you're good. We sang about it today. We talked about the goodness of God in our worship. We've declared His goodness. I'm going to tell you this. Some of you are here this morning and things are not well with you. It's not good on the inside of you. Single or married, you find yourself struggling and it's not good with God. Listen. Don't leave today without making peace with God. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2000.
2273.